What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Starting tomorrow, will you become an owner of the Green Bay Packers? Are you buying any stock? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll obviously I'm a player, but hey, I can walk in uh, next year when uh, we draft whoever we draft. I can be hey, I drafted you. That's A.J. Dillon. Yesterday was the day, and there it is. Self-employed is A.J. Dillon. He owns a sliver of the Green Bay Packers Corporation. Aaron Jones also waiting to purchase a piece of the team. I saw that he did eventually get his slice of the team. Thanks, Pete. Good morning to everybody. It's PFT Live. Chris Sims, Mike Florio. I've got some thoughts about this Packers stock. We've spoken about it yesterday. We've mentioned it on PFT Live. I'm giving the stock offering by the Green Bay Packers more publicity than anyone, but we Seriously. are boiling it down the to cha- what it is, Chris. It's a donation. It's a donation. It is yes. A donation. Right. That's it. Great. You got a nice little plaque on your wall that says you own something that you have no control over that you don't really own, <laughs> but you pay for it. And you'll never it, so get we'll that you money back. No. You're never getting it back. I know. I know. It's, it's not stock. It's funny. It's funny, but it's like the one organization I think in in, you know, football, especially. Probably there's a few other st- sports, baseball, Yankees, whatever, where just the team, the nostalgia, the history, the history behind the stadium, Vince Lombardi, Bart Starr, all of that, they can sell it to their fan base and the fan base is cool with cool with it. Uh, I think it's a total sham. Where I'm from in New Jersey, it looks like they're screwing you over, people, but okay, so what? It's Fugazi. <laughs> it's a Fugazi. It's, That's exactly right. But but <laughs> The thing is, most people understand it and they have no problem with it. And I it, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just fascinated by the fact that so many people are lining up to buy something that is not what it is called. It is, and, they, and they say it. That's what makes it so fascinating. Hey, everybody, come buy stock. It's not really stock. 
Come invest in our company. You're not really investing in our company. Come own a piece of the team. You really don't own a piece of the team. Come have say in how we run the team. You really don't have say in how we run the team. They don't even tuck it into the fine print. It's bold print, all caps. Buy this stock. It is not stock. And it doesn't deter anyone from doing it. It's amazing to me. Oh, by the way, it's $300 per share, but there is a $35 handling fee as well for the piece of paper that you get. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Paper ain't free. It's, well, that's like your license thing you talked about. You pay for paper the tickets, but you don't have a license to put your butt yeah. in the seat. I mean, are and you kidding me? Wow. It's still better to pass the hat around the people who are the fans of the team instead of forcing taxpayers involuntarily to fund stadium construction, stadium renovation, That's true. stadium improvement. Sure. What they're doing here, this $90 million that they want to raise, Chris, yeah. is for high-def video boards and improvements to the concourse area. Although, as I said yesterday, with $90 million, what are they going to do, put diamonds on the floor? I mean, $90 million to improve the concourse? I thought they just renovated the place. I thought so, anyway. too. It's a great stadium. Anyway. I mean, I loved what they did with the renovation. So, uh, yeah, it is surprising. They wouldn't have got my money. I know that. Especially if I was playing on their team. What? Are you kidding me? There's no way. I mean, what? I don't need a piece of uh, a plaque. I got a helmet that I used to play for the team in my family room. How about that? That's called, that's real ownership. I mean, there's no way I'd give my money back to the organization I was playing for. Absolutely not. And I was going to do it yesterday. Were you? I, I, I found the website. They sent out the press release, click the button. Right, there it is. Right. And they said, you know, before you purchase, you should read the offering document. And it's like, you know, this is no different than the terms and conditions of the latest iPhone update. Like, nobody's reading this. But I thought, I, I'm curious what all's in here. Yeah, we know I'll you're going to read take, it. I'll take the time, and I'll see what I'm signing up for here. And, you know, like a lot of the stuff that ordinarily would be hidden was front and center about this is stock, but it's not stock. And you can't sell it. Oh, and by the way, if we lose track of you for five years or longer, we can buy it back at 0.025 cents per share, even though you paid 300 bucks for it. I mean, there's fascinating nuggets in there. But this is the one that caused me to say, whoa, 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 maybe I, I'm not going to buy a share of Green Bay Packers <laughs> oh, stock. Gosh, the NFL rules prohibit conduct by shareholders of NFL member clubs that is detrimental to the NFL, including, among other things, publicly criticizing any NFL member club or its management oh, employees man. or coaches or any football official employed by the NFL. Yep, you're it gets screwed. better. You're screwed. It gets better. <laughs> wait, wait, this is where it gets even better because that $300 you're, you're just giving away. Oh, it can come back and get you. It can bite you. If the commissioner of the NFL decides that a shareholder of an NFL member club has been guilty of conduct detrimental to the welfare of the NFL, then, among other things, the commissioner has the authority to find such shareholder up to five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> That's great. What a it's what in a the document. Malarkey. What a bunch of crap that well, is. Well, I, I th think about it. Think about it. You're giving somebody money for nothing, and they're reserving the right if you should badmouth them later. To come fine you half a million right. dollars for it. Right, like, and, you're, like you're an actual employee even though you're not, which is – that's amazing to me. It is, yes. And 
and some of the feedback I've gotten from people is, well, they're never going to do it. It's in the document. It's it's why is it in the document? So I I hey, well, reporter well, hat. Put the reporter hat on last night. I sent an email to the Packers. I'm not trying to be a smart ass here. Why is it in there? Why is this language in this document? Why would you have this kind of deterrent language aimed at getting somebody who plunks down $300 to never say a bad thing about the NFL? Why would you do that to somebody who is handing you $300 for nothing? Right. Oh, well, you know, first off, yes. I mean, I, I would think there's some fans there who are booing or saying some things bad about the team on a bad day. Certainly. Uh, they're not doing that. But I'm a little disappointed in you. You should have put it to the test. You should have, but you, you should have put it to the test. Gotten, Hashtag stop. you already are doing rich people's stuff by just wanting to throw $300 out the window. So go for it. We could have opened up the segment today and crapped all over the Packers and Gutenkoost and Mark Murphy and Aaron Rodgers, And we would have gone, let's see what Roger does. Okay. But it's even broader than that. Yeah. It's, wait, wait, wait. Right. It's the three. whole NFL. It's you're right. We didn't get a load of us. no. But, but and this is the, the because if they're ever going to enforce it against anyone, it's me. If they're ever going to do it, Definitely. I mean, I was talking about this last night, and somebody emailed me and said, "Hey, look at what they did to John Gruden." I'm not going to put my hand near that flame. I'm not going to be Teddy Bridgewater getting close to making the tackle and then bailing out. I'm staying where I am. They would love I'm your five hundred thousand. It. It's in there for a reason. That's why I've asked him. I asked him, "Why is it there?" How long has it been there? How many stock offerings has this been a part of? And have you ever enforced it against anyone? Because if it's just meaningless, what, what are you trying to scare people? What do you? I don't understand it. Why are you doing it? And 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 I, it occurred to me last night. Why not just ask the question and figure out why in the hell they have that in there? Why are they trying to deter the people who give them three hundred dollars for nothing? Why do they want to sign basically a loyalty oath? It's ridiculous to me. It, it is. It is ridiculous. Uh, the more I, I thought about it yesterday, the more pissed off I got. About well, it. as ridiculous as we think that is, it's probably. I, I just. I. I'm trying to picture the people you're emailing at Green in Green Bay in the media department <laughs> to get these answers. What they're thinking. I mean, we think that's ridiculous. They're like this damn Florio. He's unbelievable. I mean, they must have been rolling their eyes and throwing a lot of four-letter words at you. Yeah, can we just find him and cut him off hey, TV? But it it make it just makes no it 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 just makes no it makes no sense that it's in there. A lot of things it, don't it make really sense. Does. But you're right. I know, but I want to find yeah. out. I'm yeah. just curious. Yeah. Why are you trying to? Why are you trying to? I mean, talk about ungrateful. You know, they say beggars can't be choosers. I mean, they're begging for money, and they are choosing to reserve the right to fine you five hundred thousand dollars if you dare say anything bad about them later. Anyway, we'll get to the bottom of that. And Pete expressed a concern that the rundown was a little light today. Well, we just poured through. 10 minutes of program talking about I, I, it's, I, I just, they haven't done this in 10 years. And when they did it 10 years ago, my position was this is BS. This is wrong. This is, you know, and now I, I've come to the, I've come to terms with it. If you want to do it, do it. I'm not saying don't do it. Yeah. I mean, Packers fans are going to be mad at me no matter what I say, no matter what I do, because God forbid I questioned the great Aaron Rodgers a couple of weeks ago when he lied to everybody about being vaccinated. God forbid I dare to do that. And now God forbid I dare to point out what is in plain sight. You're wasting your money. You And, and wh why do you think it's a coincidence that this is offered a week before Thanksgiving as we head into the holiday season. They could have picked any 12 months out of the year to try to raise $90 million. What, what better way to buy 
for that Packer fan on your list that you don't know what to buy for, get them a share <laughs> of Packer stock. And it's beautiful. I love it. And they don't care. That's what makes it so great. It is a grift that is hiding in plain sight. And the people being grifted are saying, would you shut up and let us give our money to these people who are conning us? Why are you telling us we shouldn't do it? We want to do it. I love it. I love it. The grift that keeps on giving. That's what Pete said in my ear. That's pretty good. He's right. It is. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, they better act accordingly. Now they can be fined under different league rules there. So they got got to make sure what they do. Not only they got to follow league protocols, they got to worry about this now, too. So that's that's funny. Holy cow. All right. Yeah. Let's let's get uh, speaking of protocols. uh, The COVID protocols continue to be that random flash of lightning, just like injuries. I mean, we've just come to accept it. There's so many things. That if you're going to follow the NFL, it's not like you have any alternatives during football season, other than college football, but people do both. There's no other pro alternative. You just got to accept it. Injuries happen. We know that. Now these COVID positives or close contacts happen. We just accept it. And yesterday, if you're a Chargers fan, you were chagrined to find out that both Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery landed on the COVID-19 reserve list. The good news, although it's kind of bad news, Joey Bosa is not vaccinated. Apparently, it's a close contact, so he could be back in time for Sunday night's game against the Steelers. And logic would tell me that maybe Tillery tested positive and Bosa was a close contact. And again, if you're vaccinated, you don't get knocked out. If you aren't vaccinated, you're gone for five days and you do the math Tuesday, Sunday, five days he could be back in time for that game yeah i mean uh you know it, it does hey we're seeing this pop up more and more right now i guess it makes sense it's getting colder people are inside i feel like everybody's guard has gone down a little bit you know it does seem like it's uh you know of course st- still very prevalent in our country but less less than i mean certainly i don't even know what the numbers are right now or anything like that so i think people are being a little bit more free but i you know i will say players got to remember you know that it, it's still could cost your football team just like being unvaccinated cost Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you make a stupid mistake and go, "Hey, I'm going to a bar and packed in there with you know 150 people." You know, that's an equally bad mistake. I mean, it is as far as the competitive advantage it does for your football team. I do think players have relaxed a little bit. You know, I, I'm I'm surprised that we're seeing it so much right now. Um, but yeah, big deal, big deal, big deal for the Chargers because. They're not playing great football right now. You know, they're, they're, they're all over the place. And I think the big thing is, of course, their opponent with the Steelers coming into town this weekend. We know, okay, yeah, Mason Rudolph, Ben Roethlisberger, they're not a great passing offense anyways. They want to run the ball. They need Tillery and Bosa. The Chargers are the worst run defense in football. There's not a lot there. They need those guys to be disruptive. So, uh, it's going to cause some issues for them on Sunday night in an area where there's already issues. And, of course, you know, right now, where do they stand? They're seventh in the seed, in the seeding in the AFC. Uh, yeah, they're fighting for their lives here and not playing great football on either side of the football. And uh, it is. It's a big blow to their football team. And it is just this random, vague wind that can blow through any team facility at any time. And maybe it'll be isolated. Maybe it'll be more than that. Maybe there'll be more positives today. But for now, Tillery and Bosa, both on the COVID-19 reserve list. I had someone who has a position of significance with one of the 32 teams raise a question yesterday. Now, we don't get the same kind of transparency for the people who aren't 
you know, in the in the direct pipeline of the football operation, like players and coaches. Right. There are plenty of people behind the scenes who can test positive as well. My understanding after communicating with this person is that the the rate of positive tests for non-players who have been vaccinated is much lower than the positive tests for the players who have been vaccinated this year. And the person asked me, why do I think that is? Yeah. And on one level, you could say, well, maybe they're out doing things and they're out and about, but you know, they, okay, you know, maybe they're younger and they're going to be more likely to go. There is a belief. And so wait, just I know say, that say, before you go down there, so explain it to me one more time. Say it to me again. You're saying their the rate is higher. The players the, are testing. The players who are vaccinated yeah. are testing positive more frequently than the non-players in a football organization who aren't. Gotcha. Okay, there we okay. go. Thank you. So Sorry. we operate from that premise and we try to understand why. Yeah, right. And there's been some reporting on this a couple of months ago. My understanding is that ESPN outside the lines may or may not have, have been doing something with. There, there is a belief that there are players who have fake vaccination cards. And it oh, depends sure. on what state you're in. Sure. It's easier in some states than others to pull it off. But it's gotten to the point where some teams have done their own internal audit right. before the NFL shows up and starts double-checking the accuracy and validity and veracity of vaccination cards. But the theory from someone who's been keenly aware of this issue all season long is – Players generally, and I'm not naming names, I'm not singling anyone out, just generally vaccinated players are testing positive at a higher rate than vaccinated non-players because vaccinated players, some of them, aren't really vaccinated. Well, I, I could, I, I could believe that. It. I could believe that. I, I Listen, I, I, know, I know quite a few people who were, and I don't know how it really ended up. I don't. I didn't follow up. But when this all came about, as far as getting vaccination, the vaccination card, you know, here in the New York, New York tri-state area, you know, you have to show a vaccination card when you go into a restaurant. That's standard protocol right now in New York state. It's not like that in Connecticut. And I think there was a rush here in this area, you know, where, yeah, people who weren't sure about the vaccination yet or whatever, they were trying to find ways to get you know, yeah, dupes, get a fake card, uh, fake their way through it. So I could see that. I think when you couple that maybe with guys not actually being vaccinated and Mike, our old, you know, tale of time when I used to be sitting at my, you know, house doing this show with you, uh, 99 out of a hundred football players don't give a damn about COVID. They don't care. They got the vaccine so they could play football and say they're doing right and probably have peace of mind. But the next day they were in a small room playing Xbox and drinking beers with the team. And the next day after that, they were somewhere else with the team in a bar, whatever. So I could see that there's a little bit more of a renegade personality with an NFL football player, as we've discussed before. And I think there's a little less fear of that, especially because, like you said, they're young, they're healthy. And most football players feel like they're indestructible, you know, when they're around the age of 24, 25 and 26. And I think that is the key to understanding the vaccine hesitation by some players. It's one thing to get your Toradol shot because you know that the Toradol shot is definitely going to help you play when you otherwise are riddled with right, pain. Right. Even though you know that there are very real, or you should know by now, long-term risks to your kidneys and other internal organs if you use Toradol definitely. beyond a certain extent. Right. 
But if you truly don't believe that COVID is going to affect you, it's not going to touch you, you're just going to have the sniffles for a few days, and you hear all this talk about nanotechnology and all the craziness that's out there, and you've got people in your immediate family or people in your community who are saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, and you've convinced yourself that COVID isn't going to affect me, why am I going to do it? I, I, Again, I disagree with that approach. I think everybody should do it. But that would explain why there are players who feel that way. And then you take it the next logical step. I mean, I've looked at my vaccination card. How hard would it be to print one off of your computer? Seriously, it's, it's not, not it's that not complicated. Like your I was, license. Yeah. It's not like a $5 bill. We're, it wouldn't be very easy to counterfeit. A hundred percent. Like, weren't you? I was so unimpressed by it when I first saw it. I was like, this is what we're talking about? Uh, a, a piece of paper with a, a, a little bit of thickness to it or cardboard underneath it? And just a guy at the pharmacy writes the damn number on there, and then that's it? That's all we're doing here? Yeah, I, I was surprised by that, too. There doesn't seem like there's uh, a great checks and balance system behind this whole thing here. Uh, but I think you kind of hit it you know, on the dot there. I think a lot of players look at it, too. You know, They want to they get COVID through natural immunity and have their body deal with it that way. And I understand that. I do. Again, you know, I was somebody that was leaning that way myself at one point, you know, but but at the end of the day, of course, I changed my uh, my stance on that. And listen, I'll be totally transparent. I got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Why? A little bit because of what you said. I, you know, the the mRNA and the nanotechnology and all that. I don't know. So I got one that was the old school. Uh, I did. I mess that up, probably. Uh, but yeah, I got the old school vaccination and J and J to where it's just hey, this is the way we've been doing it. You know, throughout our lifetime, and that made me feel comfortable. I know to each his own, but I think that's a little bit behind the logic of uh, what's going on there, and the logic that that any of us are doing anything that Bill Gates would even remotely give a crap about is what is amazing to me. How delusional and self-absorbed we are as a people that we actually think what we do is interesting enough to Bill Gates oh. to track us. Oh, I, I know. Oh, meanwhile, I, meanwhile, meanwhile, we, we carry around everywhere the thing that lets them track us it's just not in our body. Hey, Mike. You know, it'd be a hell of a lot easier if it was in my body. Is there a way I can turn this into nanotechnology so I don't have to remember to pick the damn thing up? And all <laughs> right. I have to do is blink, and I can see, right. uh, you know, I can see my apps. That'd be great. And you know, it's just a matter of time before that's how it's going to be. Hey, there's, there's, there's people still in Dallas waiting for JFK Jr. to come out and run for a president. A lot of people. Okay, so it just, a it just tells you how gullible and crazy people can be, and what they read, they think it's true because I read it. I, I can read it, so it's true. Nobody would actually write something that's not true. What? Yeah, so that's where, where we are as a little bit of a culture right now. A lot of gullible people on social media. I feel like for whatever reason, our civilization needs to have that bizarre white whale conspiracy that just lingers and becomes part of the zeitgeist, right? Elvis is still alive. Well, we've gotten to the point where, you know what, even if, if, if Elvis was still alive, he'd probably be dead. Yeah. So JFK Jr. is still alive. Right. So we'll ride that horse until we get to the point where, you know, if he really was still alive, he'd probably be dead. And then it'll be somebody else. And, and, and it'll just, there'll always be that one big name who's dead, who isn't really dead, to fill some weird defect in our DNA. Some of us, some of us, fortunately not many, that require us to have this fascination that somebody who they're telling us is dead. Hell, before that was Paul McCartney. 
It went from Paul McCartney to Elvis to JFK Jr. Yeah. Who's going to be next? Prince? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It is. It is. Uh, but that's where we are. Can All we right. start that one? Prince is still alive. Can we start that? <laughs> Go ahead. Start it. You, I wish he still was. Like it's I like he you. is with you, all the music that he has. And if you, He's uh, releasing uh, it. He's releasing uh, music. He's a Vikings he's fan. He's purple. He's like a Vikings fan like you. I understand it. Start it. Go ahead. Get it going. I mean, if let's go crazy, literally. We already are crazy. Let's really go crazy. Prince is still alive. We started it today. All right. Uh, let's move on. There is no way to segue back to football. Steelers are unsure whether or not Ben Roethlisberger is going to be good to go on Sunday night because of his COVID positive case. And there was some confusion when Jay Glazer kind of blurted that out on Sunday. It's not because he's unvaccinated. It's because even the vaccinated guys aren't coming back as quickly as the protocols in theory, would allow. Yeah, you can come back anytime as long as you generate two negatives at least 24 hours apart. Nobody's doing that. Yeah, it's hard Nobody's to do doing it, that. I'm sure, right? He's not going to do it, most likely, by next Sunday. And even if he does by Sunday night when the Steelers play in Los Angeles, when's it going to happen? Is he going to practice this week? Probably not. Yeah. Is it going to happen on Sunday morning and then he's got to get his butt to L.A.? I mean, it's, you know, they, they need to prepare as if it's going to be Mason Rudolph again. A hundred percent. Yeah, you got it. You got to get Mason Rudolph reps, period. I mean, you, we, we watched the game the other day. I know it was bad weather, but yeah, it's not smooth. He doesn't throw the ball that well. At what point has he had enough reps that we just say, why in the hell is he the backup well, for the Pittsburgh Well, they're, they're stubborn to me. I mean, here, here's, here's one of the plays of the game right here. I mean... Oh, that—that's not what I was thinking about. That was that's, the touchdown. Okay, we're showing good Mason. I could have thrown that one. Okay, we got good and bad, but yes. Okay, I mean it, it is. You're right. They're—they're they're stubborn. They drafted him as I think, thinking they were going to be. The, it was going to be their heir and parent. They don't have anybody a, as of right now. They don't. But I think this is the play I was referring to. You know, I mean that. I mean that's that—that's slam dunk touchdown. Yeesh. Yeah, jeesh. So they need to give him the reps regardless. But, I mean, you're right, Mike. We don't know when you can expect Ben Roethlisberger. You don't. I think we know that, you know, when you get COVID vaccinated or not, generally it takes at least 10 days for it to kind of get out of your system. So that's a real thing there. Um, but, you know, just like we talked about with the Chargers, huge game. I mean, all these teams, how they're so lumped together in the AFC right now. I mean, it, it's unlike any year I can ever remember. I mean, what, what are we at right now? 12 teams at 500 or better, all in the playoff race still, you know, at the halfway point in the year. I, that seems odd to me. It definitely does. You know, so them not having Big Ben, hey, the good thing is Chargers defense, they're not good at stopping the run. We know the Steelers want to run the ball with Najee Harris. They have gotten better at that. That's a good thing. But – uh, I know we're going to go here in a second. The Steelers got their own issues on the defensive side of the ball, too, that hurts them. Well, and before we get to that, let's yeah. hear from Mike Tomlin, the guy who is responsible for getting Mason Rudolph ready to go if he has to go again. Here's Tomlin on Rudolph's performance in that tie game against the Lions. Rest assured that we'll be um, focusing our energy on ready and Mason Rudolph and highlighting what he does and what the group does with him. But to be quite honest with you, it's not a lot of significant differences. Um, Mason plugged into Ben's plan last week, and we didn't necessarily change that. And, um, and largely, he functioned uh, the way that we needed him to. He gave us a chance to win. Um, if I could be critical of him in any way, I thought he could have been better from a pinpoint accuracy standpoint in some instances to set up run after um, and, and, and putting the ball in an ideal circumstance so a guy in a flat can win that flat confrontation, if you will, and things of that nature. 
I, I look, he, I mean, what else is he going to say? Dwayne Haskins clearly isn't ready, or he'd be the guy. Right. Rudolph is there. Not and for as great of a coach as Tomlin is, and and Tomlin's one of the best ever. And Kevin Colbert is one of the most underrated general managers in football. Yeah. But one of the things that just kind of gets overlooked, I think Art Rooney keeps his spoon in the stew there in ways that folks don't quite realize. And it may just be that Art Rooney's the one who thinks they should keep Mason Rudolph around. I don't get it. I don't understand it. For a team that seems to be so self-aware about – who gets it and who doesn't and who should be there and who isn't. The fact that they didn't go out and enhance their number two quarterback position after we've seen what Mason Rudolph can do and what he can't do. I mean, you can hear it in Tomlin's voice. They, they, the, the challenge is we got to figure out a way to use this guy in a way that, uh, you know, fits within his narrow band of strengths and, and in turn implicitly stay the hell away from his weaknesses. And if it did work against Detroit, they would have won that game. This is the worst team in football coming into – Heinz Field on a day when the elements favored the Steelers and to not win that game is not excusable. And surely if Ben Roethlisberger had played, Chris, they would have won it easily. I think so. I do. Yes. You know, I mean, I think there, there's two things that played against them in that football game. One, Ben Roethlisberger not playing. Of course, yes. Mason Rudolph, you know, a lot of Aaron throws. I think a lot of throws to what Mike Tomlin talks about where you go, oh, if he throws that accurately, we're probably going to get 15 yards. Instead, the guy had to turn around and almost fell and got tackled, and we got five yards. Those things add up during a football game, 100%. I think between that, you know, and then Dan Campbell being involved in the offensive game plan, I'm sure threw some curveballs at the Steelers. You don't know what to kind of exactly prepare for when there's a new guy you know, at the helm calling plays and how he's going to put them together and, and what he likes. So I, th- I think both of those probably caught them by surprise. But, you know, I think the encouraging thing is kind of what you heard Mike Tom would say. The game plan doesn't change. It's not going to change. It's, it was ugly offense with Big Ben. We know that. You know, he just he's a better thrower of the football than Mason Rudolph, period. So he's, a, 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 you know, a, he, he's able to take advantage of more in the passing game. But I would think this week – Hey, Mason will be a little bit better. You know, the game is in L.A., right? So we got that. You're not going to have to deal with elements. And I think that's where we might see also, again, I go back to the Steelers a few years ago uh, with, Del- you know, Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. And I think we're going to see wildcat runs by Najee Harris. I think we'll see speed sweeps and reverses from Deontay Johnson and Ed McLeod, and they'll find other ways to kind of manipulate the offense to where they don't have to depend too much on Mason Rudolph. But but this is but yeah, the perfect example right. of why Mike Tomlin is such a good coach, but the Steelers have this bizarre blind spot when it comes to filling out the depth chart behind Ben Roethlisberger. For as good as they are when it comes to finding receivers in any round of the draft, and, and God help them when it's time to replace Big Ben – because I think back to 2019 now when it was Mason Rudolph who eventually got benched for Duck Hodges. I think the last I saw it, Duck Hodges was starting for a CFL team. I right. think that was within the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, th- these are not great options behind Ben Roethlisberger, but they still find a way to be competitive, and they'll be competitive on Sunday night. And we talked about the issues with the Chargers. Now, defensively for the Steelers, you mentioned this. T.J. Watt with a knee and hip injury. He may not be available. They're they're taking that as a wait-and-see thing, even though the MRIs came back clean. Mika Fitzpatrick, unlikely to play because he tested positive for COVID on Monday. And you mentioned 
the discombobulation that happened against the Lions because of the curveballs that the Steelers were throwing. Let's hear from Mike Tomlin about what happened to the defense when they had to deal with an offense that suddenly was being orchestrated in large part by head coach Dan Campbell. I thought um, our tackling at times uh, was below the line, but also um, you got to tip your cap to the, to the Lions in terms of some of the things that they did, particularly as it pertains to the running game. Now, looking back at it, we now have information that Coach Campbell was calling plays, and and that created a, a unsteady environment relative to what we had planned for and, and anticipated. And so they got some third down runs and things of that nature that that got us off balance in terms of the the people and, and the personnel groups that we deploy on third down, and they extended some drives, and so. That probably made the run game element of it look uglier, uglier than maybe it actually was. Well, and, and you know what? If you're the Chargers, what you do, I think, when he says that, and you got, you know, you're trying to do a lot of different things at once. You got plenty of plates spinning. But don't you hear Mike Tomlin say that and say, what can we do to, you know, screw them up? What can we do? You know, it's, it's kind of like a reminder. If you mix it up a little bit, even one of the best defenses in football, you can confuse them. No doubt. And maybe maybe that's an incentive for us to mix it up a little bit more and catch them off balance with our, our rhythm, our our predictability or lack sure. thereof. Right. Uh, Self-scouting so, thyself. Yeah. It, to me, it's, yeah. a big, it's a big thing. It is. You, you got to be able to zig uh, when they think, you know, you got to be able to zag when, when they think you're going to zig and, and so on. You know, you do. That, that's what the really good teams do in football. You know, okay, wait. You know, all right, we're going to do this. All right, yeah, it's working, it's working, it's working. Wait, it's not working. All right, well, let's have something that kind of looks like that, but it's not that, and it's a little different. So they defend it like they think it's that, but it's different. And now we screw them over and make a big play. You know, uh, there's definitely, I think, that element that gets lost with teams at times just because, hey, it's, you know, the coaches are conservative by nature. They want to go, hey, we we know what we're doing. We want to make sure we execute. Yeah, new plays are great, but – I don't want to do it at the expense that we're not good at it or don't do it the right way, and it ruins our football team. But I think there is a lesson to be learned there for sure. Um, and, you know, Dan Campbell, I'm sure did. I didn't watch that film. I'd like to be able to look at it at some point this week and kind of go through to see what he threw at them. It was a little different. Uh, but I'm sure that did catch them by surprise. You know, Mike Tomlin, that group, the way their defense is, you know, I'm sure they play the numbers. And break down teams to go, wait, when they get in this formation, we can kind of expect these few pass plays and these few run plays. And that allows them to orchestrate a defense that can kind of play all of that stuff. But when you get thrown some things you have no idea, then you go, whoa, wait, let's 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 not call that a defense we worked on all week. We got to go to something conservative because they're not doing what we thought here. And that can change you. Um, so there's no doubt there's an aspect there. Mike, I want to go back to one th- thing just a second ago, if you don't mind. You talked about like the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh, Big Ben, all of that, right? You know, one, the backup quarterback has been devalued in the NFL. Teams are not, you know, as as uh, you know, they're they're a little reluctant to pay them a lot of money and waste that money in their eyes, right, on the roster. Why? Well, why is is simple, you know, because right now quarterbacks can't be touched. So I think there's a number of teams that just look at it like, we don't want to waste the money and resources on a backup quarterback. We'll, we'll kind of cheat the system here. We'll play the system as in we don't think our quarterback's going to get hurt because like we see every week right now, I mean, you're not allowed to touch the quarterback. You're not allowed to touch him. 
You know, I, I, I can't remember the game. I think you and I talked about this like two weeks ago. There was an interception that was going to be a pick six down the sideline, and the quarterback got in the way. I want to say it, it, was, it was the Bengals and Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson, yeah, Hendrickson, right, against Mike White. It's going to be a pick six touchdown. They don't score the touchdown because Mike White pushes the ball back inside because Trey Hendrickson is running down the field like this because he doesn't even know if he's allowed to block him. And what happened? Cincinnati didn't score from first and goal on the one and got no points because of the quarterback. We're not allowed to touch him. Like, get the F out of here with that crap, all right? So that's one, that's one reason. But also, I think another thing, we discussed this a little yesterday. Uh, the Steelers, I don't think, expected Big Ben to come back all the way. You know, that is a rumor I heard in, in, throughout the NFL a little in the offseason. He came back for that, you know, really, really low contract. But I would think that with the state of the Steelers team and where they are right now in a, like, ready-to-win-now mode, they're going to make a play for a quarterback this offseason. I, I, I just – they're not going to draft and develop. There's no way. Not the way – to me, the way the team is set up. You know, again, their defense, they got some aging stars – and they're in their prime. I mean, they got a lot of other guys that are in their prime. They need to win now. Claypool, Deontay Johnson, it's in their prime. They got to win now. To me, I look at them as a team that goes and tries to get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. I think they're going to be one of those teams. Sorry to like make a left-hand turn on that, but no, I don't mind my brain. it. I don't yeah. mind because I think you're right. Because look, they went a long twenty years between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger, and they they didn't have a lot of opportunities right. to draft a franchise guy because they they have that curse of always being so good that they rarely were in position to go all in for one of the quarterbacks who was coming out in the draft. Now, they did pass on Dan Marino in 1983, but they thought Terry Bradshaw was going to play more than one more game in his entire career. But, you know, with free agency at the point where it is, where quarterbacks are now empowered to want to go somewhere where they can stack the deck, what better place to stack the deck than Pittsburgh? Yeah, with right. With that defense, right? With Najee Harris, good with receivers, those receivers, right? With that I coach, did. yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. Pittsburgh becomes one of the most attractive destinations for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers Agreed. or Deshaun Watson or any other quarterback who thinks I'm not winning enough where I currently am. So, and it's a lot easier than rolling the dice on a draft and develop situation because the last guy you drafted and developed was Mason Rudolph. Yeah, 100%. You're right. And, I mean, they had to get another guy on their roster that was drafted in the first round, and he didn't get developed in Washington either. And, you know, there was all the, the talk about him this weekend as far as, you know, how professional he was in warm-up, unprofessional he was in warm-ups. And, you know, there was a lot of talk. I know there's still a lot of talk in Pittsburgh about, you know, that look and what it looked like for Dwayne Haskins. So, you're right. It's a roll of the dice there for the most part. You don't know all the time. And uh, the way their team set up, yeah, I would think they try to get somebody, you know, that that's that's already been there, done that in the NFL. The mere fact that Dwayne Haskins is yet to overtake Mason Rudolph as number two on the depth chart is a large piece of evidence that he will never be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. If he was destined to become yeah. a franchise quarterback, he would have already leapfrogged Mason Rudolph. I think that's a simple piece of football logic that most people can get behind even those who, who would give $300 for absolutely nothing in return. Let's go ahead and take a break. We will give you far more than nothing for far less than $300 when PFT Live continues as we discuss Jerry Jones' lamentations over the failure of 
Dak Prescott to make the kind of business decision that Teddy Bridgewater made on Sunday. We'll discuss that next on PFT Law. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's a story on NFL Network today about Raw and Monkey Butt. Can you kind of explain that to us? Yeah, it's just, yes. Um, monkey butt, I, I highly recommend it if anybody's never used it. It's, uh, it's you know, I won't, I won't get into my personal hygiene here, but it's, you know, raw, red-ass week was the, was the, was the topic. So uh, we're just, you know, making an emphasis based off of correcting, um, you know, what went on last week, and I thought our players did a great job with it. So just had some fun with it, just, just an emphasis. Of focus, just another way to focus. So y'all passed around monkey butt in the locker room, coaches did. It's a, it's a it's a powder, so it's just we made a point. So it's, it's, it looked good on a PowerPoint. If you've you ever seen a can of monkey butt, you you get it. So it's a, it's a expressive in in the cure that it's. Uh, I don't have the right words. <laughs> it's a cure for swamp ass. It is the proven cure for swamp ass. There it is. Anti-friction powder. Wow. And nothing, nothing screams out personal hygiene to me like Mike McCarthy. I mean, a bastion of, I mean, I mean, a fastidious, basically Felix Unger in football is Mike McCarthy. So <laughs> personal hygiene, 10 out of 10. Well, it just, it's a, it's a broader look into just the themes and how coaches motivate and little things, how you create some energy you know, in your building on a Wednesday when you do come off of a bad loss, right? I mean, we've heard, we've heard stories, of, you know, Sean Payton and the things he does, you know, yeah, that it's, it's always something like that. You know, again, the season gets long, it gets tough. It's daunting on players, you know, week after week, you're physically tired. Wait, now I'm getting mentally beat down because we didn't play good. So you got to find things to kind of change the energy, make the team get the point, but it's not like I'm yelling at you. You know, we're laughing a little bit about it. Yes, we should all should have a little red ass this week. We got to figure out some things here. 
you know, and and hopefully we play better. And that's, I guess, where Monkey Butt came in. But uh, you know, I, it, it's it's a funny. It's a good one. I like that one. I haven't heard that one yet. So much of these things flow from the personalities of the coaches, and some coaches are naturally funny. They're naturally comical. Bill Parcells has that vibe in the way he communicates. I just wonder whether any of these coaches are getting help, like the ones who aren't naturally yeah. funny. Yeah. Do they, do they have somebody on staff that helps them come up with something when it's time to and, – and some of the stuff is very basic. I mean, it is teetering on the edge of dad joke territory Definitely. for a lot of this stuff, but it seems to work. Yeah, no doubt about it. It does. It can it can teeter on dad joke territory. It can teeter way the other way, too, where it's like, whoa, that's crazy, and I don't know if we can talk about this outside the locker room. Uh, so it can go both ways as far as that's concerned. But, yeah, I think there's some that have, like – the coach's assistant, who they lean on for things like that too, you know, might come in on a Monday and they, okay, we go over the game, we do it now. All right, what am I going to do this week to talk about kind of changing our team? And they'll have their guy to where, you know, they might throw some things at him to go, hey, look, you know, look at, you know, blah, blah, blah. What could we use that can make my point here? I think there is that because you're right. Not everybody's funny uh, that way. Um, but you know, some coaches, Hey, Bill Belichick, I don't think he ever tries to be funny. He just kind of coaches and coaches and coaches and coaches and makes his point about football. And he throws a few four letter words in there to make you kind of like, Whoa, he's serious or Whoa, that's funny how he said that. Uh, everybody's got their own style. Here is the item Dateline, October 9, 2003, courtesy of ESPN Dot com when coach Jack Del Rio placed a stump of oak and an axe in the Jaguars locker room a few weeks ago as a motivational technique symbolic of his theme right. to keep chopping wood right. it was viewed as a sophomore technique by some veterans now the move is likely to be regarded as a huge mistake on Thursday punter Chris Hansen was lost for an undetermined amount of time after he gashed his right non-kicking foot while wielding said axe. I remember axe. that. So, monkey butt, far safer than stump and axe in the locker room. Oh, thanks, Pete, for reminding me dangerous. of the infamous keep chopping wood literally stunt that Jack Del Rio pulled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. That was 18 years ago. 18 years ago when I got to uh, Tampa Bay. You know, one of their themes during the Super Bowl run the year before I got there, it was pound the rock. And so when I got there in the locker room, there was a giant rock in there. And I was like, what the hell is this? And, you know, you don't understand at first. But that kind of became, you know, one of their themes that year. You know, even though they weren't running with success, they still were going to run and pound the rock to keep defenses to defend it, keep their physical attitude, help their defense out. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of that stuff goes on in the NFL. Right, we spent some time yesterday talking about the notorious Teddy Bridgewater business decision. You and I disagree on whether or not he should have thrown his body in front of Darius Slay. I think the smartest thing for Teddy to do is just keep your hand away from the flame because if it's close enough, you're going to be expected to put your hand inside of it. Just just go stand over there after a turnover and no it one's going to notice. It was horrible. No one's going to notice that you're that you're, you know, protecting yourself so you can live to play another day. Flip it around. Garbage time, Sunday, AT&T Stadium. Cowboys kicking the crap out of the Falcons. Dak Prescott, who had a serious ankle injury last year, shoulder injury this year, calf injury this year, decides to throw caution to the wind. 
and run into the end zone and drop his shoulder and risk injury. Here is the play. Rolls to the left, sees a Falcon, decides I'm going for it and puts his head down and scores the touchdown. The good news is he wasn't injured, Chris, but this is an example of avoidable and preventable and unnecessary contact. And if you do this enough times, there is going to be a time where you can't get up. There is going to be a time where you're out two to four weeks or maybe longer. I see, Every time I see that maneuver, I think Jimmy Garoppolo on the sidelines at Arrowhead Stadium, the place where the Cowboys are going this weekend, when he drops his shoulder and tears his ACL. You just, you don't do that. You don't embrace unnecessary contact because for every time that you get away with it, there's a, a risk. And I don't know how small, but let's not find out yeah. that it's going to blow up in your face. Yeah, I, listen, there's risk. There's risk. There's no doubt about that. You're not going to stop some of these football players from, you know, making some football plays. It's what they've done their whole lives. You know, hopefully they can, you know, kind of have that governor, that break that we talk about to where they can be smart in situations. Dak Prescott would certainly have made the tackle if he was in the situation Teddy Bridgewater would. Might have not been killing anybody, but he would have made the tackle. He wasn't going to let a free touchdown go by and just have his team give up for the rest of the fourth quarter because they go, well, the quarterback gave up, so we'll all give up. Like, that, that, that's what happened. I mean, so – that, but yes, there is a fine line, and I think more importantly, like listen, I don't have a problem with that play. I don't, other than that it's thirty six to three at the end of the third quarter. Like it, that's where I would just go. Come on, it's not worth it at this point. It's not. And you know, at time, and and listen, as we were sitting there in the viewing room on Sunday, I think a lot of us were sitting there. Go, why is he even still in the game? You know, I understand they want to practice, I mean, play and get out there and work on their craft. You know, you want to stay in game shape. So you don't want to like, whoa, we're only going to play three quarters this week. I think there's that aspect too. You want to be able to continue to try to like, hey, we got to execute for four quarters because that's what we're going to be expected to do on most weeks. But uh, yeah, that's one where I think you'd rather see uh, Dak Prescott make a wiser decision. The game wasn't competitive and it was been over for a long, long time. You make a great point there, though. Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, should not call a play that yeah. even has that right. bootleg option mm -hmm. in it. Just run the ball. Yeah. Just hand the ball off run and it. get out of the way. Throw a jump ball to one of the receivers. Do something like that to where you're not going to ask your guy to get on the edge and all week you've told them, like, hey, we're going to get you on the edge. It's going to be one to two, and if you don't have that, run it in. I mean, that's probably what he was coached to do. So that, that's where that's a little tough, and I can understand, you know, the Jones family and everybody getting a little squeamish after that one. And his, here is Jerry Jones from his weekly appearance Tuesdays on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas talking about his reaction to seeing Dak Prescott take that hit in garbage time of the win over the Falcons. Yeah, I worry about it. I, I do worry about it. And you'd like to say pick your shots and make sure every one of them are going to account for the difference. That's impossible to uh, have happen because uh, the competitor of the competitor that he is, and he's gonna he's gonna get the play uh, finished as best he possibly can. Warren Buffett one time said the hardest thing about accumulating wealth is to be there to spend it, and that mean could be livelihood or it could be just financial hood. But the point is, uh, we want to be there with Dak. Or more accurately, we want Dak to be there for us. We yeah. paid him $40 million a year. We want him to be able to play football, not play football. And Jerry's been around long enough to know that every one of those incremental dropping the shoulder and throwing yourself into defenders carries with it the possibility that it's going to injure you. It's, 
and 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 it's it's a shared responsibility. It's not just Dak. The coaching staff needs to call plays in those moments yeah. that minimize the opportunities for Dak Prescott to play football because he's a football player. You can't expect a guy to turn that off, but uh, you can't expect coaches to to understand that that maybe we shouldn't give him a play that has a run option on the back end down near the goal line. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly right. They got to be a little smarter in that situation. You'd like Dak to be a little bit smarter in that situation. Hey, Dak, I mean, hey, it's a good thing we're talking. He's hit the rarefied air, the, the stratosphere of like, he's big time. I mean, there's no doubt Dak Prescott's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football. I mean, maybe the top five. I gotta, you know, he's certainly dancing around that top six, seven area. I don't think Ooh, there's sounds any... like the Sims list needs to be updated. I know. Well, I mean, yeah, well, Pete did a little, little, little like this. I think he does. He wants me to do that soon, so I might do that. But he, he's in that area. He's officially hit the area. I think we both agree to where you go. You know, you gotta, you gotta think a little differently. You gotta be a little bit, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady ish, and just go wait. You know, I want to do this. I want to show my team how much you want to win. But in this situation right here, is it worth it? You know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm part of a bigger piece here where a lot of people are depending on me. You know, that's the thing. And the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl this year. They can. You know, they, the way that offense is, it's, it's, it's elite. There's not a weak part, weak part about it. You know, the only game they played bad the whole year was when Dak, yeah, went two weeks without practicing and came back and was rusty and missed some plays and some throws. Other than that, they've been a well-oiled machine all year long. So that's where he's got to be careful. I want him to be careful because you know I like him. I want to make sure we can sit on a bed and do an interview like we did back in the day uh, at the Combine, and uh, I want to see him be successful. He's an easy guy to root for, for sure. At least he won't be able to give you the side no eye. No side eye anymore. Suggesting that he take a now I'm going to give him the side eye and go deal. give me some money. Give me some money, yeah. dealer. Let's go dinner and you, you're paying, like, for sure. <laughs> but, you know, if they hadn't had that inexplicable game against the Broncos, they would be regarded as the best team in the NFL right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. They'd be the only one-loss team. Right. And you're going to have those in a 17-game season. It's not going to be perfect every single week. That's going to happen. But you take that game away, and you could argue they're the best team in the conference, if not the best team in the league. We're going to talk about the power rankings coming up later in the program. The Titans have kind of gotten to number one by default, but I'd probably take the Cowboys to beat the Titans if they were playing on Sunday. So maybe the Cowboys should have been number one. I don't know. We'll talk about that later in the program. For now, though, we are going to debut a segment that just kind of came up out of nowhere yesterday. Something that Chris said took root with a reader who sent me an email during the show, and I saw it, yada, yada, yada. Here's a segment you're not going to see on NFL Network coming up next on all the bad officiating calls of the week. <laughs> you might not see us on any networks. In. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> my <true>. guy. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> You'll take less money. You're not selfish. <laughs> <laughs> At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.